Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. Have you ever heard the old saying, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed? Most of us would probably agree that sounds about right, and yet research shows that 50% Americans say they have less than three friends they feel like they can call on when needed. Maybe you can relate. So what do we do about that? How do we find meaningful connection, and how does God factor in all of this? The Bible says we're made for connection, but we often don't know where to start to find it. Let's explore that and more together in our current series, Connected, and continue the Upward Journey. Family, so good to see y'all this morning. I can't tell you how glad I am to be back with y'all. Thank you. Love y'all so much. Never been gone this long in 25 years. I've laughed. I've watched every service online. I have laughed. All three guys, all three sermons, they came out saying, I'm not Pastor Andy. (laughs) And uh, that's funny. Upward has grown while I've been gone. You may not realize this, but they they emailed me during my uh, absence and said, just in children's ministry, we've had 12 new families come to Upward since I've been gone. So that's just awesome. So I think I need to introduce myself to some of you this morning. I am that guy, Pastor Andy, that they've been talking about the last three weeks. That's me. For better or for worse, I'm back, all right? What a, I just want to say thank you to open this message today. Thank you to this precious and wonderful family. You guys are our family. This is not just an institution or an organization. This is a family. And I thank God that you have loved us like family during this time of the last month. My mom was promoted to heaven a week and a half ago, and uh, oh, she's so much better off than any of us right now. She has made it home. We're dealing with the grief and and dealing with the struggle of saying goodbye to a family member, and uh, we're just so thankful. My dad is here. Dad, where are you this morning? Where's my dad? He's right back there in the back corner. Would you give him a hand of appreciation? I love my dad, and uh, keep him in your prayers. But it's been so good to be able to be away. I just want to tell you how much you have loved us and supported us during this season. Our church board, I talked to uh, all of them, I believe, and uh, one of them called me and said, uh, Pastor Andy, the last thing you need to be worried about is getting back here. What you need to do is take care of your family right now. So I want you to know your leadership told me to stay away and do what I needed to do and not rush to get back. That's the kind of leadership you have. And I want to thank our church board for supporting me so well during this season with my family. I want to thank our staff. This staff did not miss a beat while I was gone. They picked it up and ran with it and did such an excellent job while I was gone preached well, grew the church while I was gone. Jesus grew it, but they were faithful to be here. And I just want to say thank you to a wonderful staff. You guys allowed us to be with our family during this season and to love them well uh, during this last few weeks of my mom's earthly life. And I cannot tell you, I'll never forget that. And I'll love you forever. I already would love you forever, but I'll love you forever because of how good you've been to us the last three weeks. Thank you for every card, every text, every phone call, every casserole, every pie, every cake. I gained 12 pounds since I've been gone. You can probably see I literally gained 12 pounds since I've been gone. So I'm on a diet again. But thank you for all that wonderful food. Now stop. (laughs) Please do not bring me anything sweet for the next several days. (laughs) 
But I love you all so much and really want to thank you. During these last weeks, we have learned as a family the incredible value of this series that we're talking to you about. We have learned, if we didn't know already, we know now about the incredible value of being connected to a loving community. We've learned that you just can't make it without connection. Greg did a great job last week on telling you and teaching about how we were created to connect. And I want you to understand, you're not going to make it in this life without powerful and deep connections with other human beings. You're just not going to make it. I hear people talk about Jesus is all I need, and they, they give the impression, which is a wrong impression, and it's not a biblical impression, they give the impression that you can just know Jesus, and you can kind of just stay in your prayer room with Him, and stay at home, and just talk to Jesus, and, and just that alone is going to get you through it. But the Bible does not teach that. Yes, a, a prayer life and a powerful private relationship with Jesus is vital to your life, but you also have something called the body of Christ down here, other believers, other friends, other people that you've got to have a connection with in order to be a victorious and successful Christian. You cannot live without it, and we've learned that over the past three weeks. I think one of the things the pandemic taught us in this world, and we live in a world full of contradictions, we have social media that promises to keep us connected. I think it just makes us jealous. Not just, but that's one of the things. We see somebody else doing something a little better than we are, and we're like, why can't I do that? They put on their best meal they've had in six months. And make it look like they eat that way every night. I just got to be honest with y'all. Once in a while, I have a fried bologna sandwich. And I rarely post that on social media. Because it doesn't win me any friends. He's eating bologna? They go on a wonderful vacation somewhere and make it look like they live that way all the time. And we're like, man. Or they air their drama on there that none of us want to hear. We do like to read the comments, though. <laughs> yeah, give me some popcorn and I'm going to have a good time. I don't even know these people, but I love watching them fight. Come on now. It's getting real. We've got all kinds of platforms, networks, websites, apps that, that say they're going to connect us more. But I think we all learned during the pandemic that there is no substitute for face-to-face -face human connection. I mean, during the pandemic, I stood up here and preached to an empty room for weeks. And one of the most fun things that ever happened to me is when you guys started coming back and I could look at faces again. Over those, we were only closed like two months. Those two months, I thought I was going to die. We need human connection. We need deep connections with other people if we're going to make it. Now, to get the answer to this, how do we actually find those? You won't be surprised. We're going to the Bible, which has the answers for our lives. 
We're going back to the very beginning of the Christian church. The very start of the Christian church is in the book of Acts chapter 2, where 120 men and women met in the church and met in a room together. And God birthed the worldwide Christian church with 120 people. Think about that for a minute. Look around this room. And the Christian church that is now all over the world, that has had impact on the world, untold impact all over the world, started in a room much smaller than this one, with far fewer people than are in this room today. And they got together and prayed. The Bible says don't despise small beginnings because when the power of the Holy Spirit comes into a situation, it doesn't matter how few people are involved, it can be an avalanche of power. They can change the world. So the Christian church started with 120 people praying in a room together. And it did not take long for them to grow. That very first day after the power of the Holy Spirit was manifest in that room, they went out of that room and they went from 120 people to 3,120 people in one day. People say, I don't want the church to get too big. Well, we're not out to build a mega church, but I'll tell you this, as long as there's somebody out in our community that doesn't know Jesus Christ, we need to keep growing. So the church went from 120 to a mega church in one day, 3,120, multiplied by 25 times in one day. If our church, I mean, our church is growing pretty fast, but if our church grew like that, I don't know what I would do. One of the first things you've got to deal with is you've got this big bunch of people and nobody knows each other anymore. And you've got all these new people coming in. And you've got to figure out how to plug those people in community because without community, there is no growth. You don't grow based on hearing me preach. It's a wonderful thing. If you take what I say and what the Word says and apply it to your life, you'll grow. But you really only grow as you connect with other people in relationships and get discipled. Jesus never said build big churches. He said go out and make disciples. And that's one at a time. How do you deal with it? What do you do? Well, if we want to have the power that the early church had. I mean, they had power. Thousands of people saved in one day. The early church, this is what happened in the early church. They would go out walking around. It says this of Peter. He would go walking down the street. And when his shadow would touch people, they would get healed of their diseases. So people were laying their sick friends and relatives out on the street just so one of these Christians could walk by them. How many of you would like it in your life and in my life if we could just walk into a restaurant to eat and our server get touched by Jesus Christ just by virtue of the Holy Spirit's power in us? And I, I just got a feeling that if you're at Upward this morning, you still believe like we do that that's still possible that the New Testament church power can still exist in our lives, in fact, should exist in our lives. I want to give you a statement, and I want you to remember this. If we want New Testament power, we should follow New Testament practice. If we want the same power they had, maybe we should start doing some of the same things that they did. In fact, we should. I want to talk quickly today about four practices of the New Testament church that they started from the very beginning to build community in their growing congregation 
and to change the world around them. Four practices they had that you and I need to have in our lives. Would you stand with me? We're going to look in the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, and we're going to read the Word of God together. We stand in honor of His Word, and we read it because speaking the Word is the best thing you can do. You ready? And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. There's the four things right there. Let's read it one more time. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. May God bless the reading, the hearing, and the application of His Word this morning. You can be seated now. Four practices that the New Testament practiced on a regular basis. It says they devoted themselves. They made this a habit. Four habits they had, and four things you need in your life. Number one, they learned together. They learned together. Bible says clearly they started out with this. The early church gathered around the apostles' teaching. It said they began to practice studying and learning the things that the apostles taught from the very beginning. What are the apostles? They did a quiz recently in a, 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 a primary school, and they asked a question of the kids, what are the epistles and the, they said the predominant answer was the epistles are the wives of the apostles. <laughs> I find that funny. The epistles are actually letters written in the New Testament. But uh, I'm going to tell you who the apostles are. The apostles are 12 that were selected by Jesus, handpicked by Jesus, that he spent time with and sent them out to minister. And these 12 have a special calling in church history. Now, I believe... And we believe it upward that there's still apostolic gifts in the world today, that God still raises up apostles. We do not believe they're on the same level as these 12. These were foundational apostles who were given special revelation to give foundational doctrine and belief to the church. And the Bible says that the early church revered these apostles. They didn't worship them, but they understood they were called to teach doctrine to the church and they were very serious about studying the apostles' doctrine. Now, some people say, doctrine's boring. I'd rather have experiences than doctrine. Well, I'm all about experiences. Any of you got an experience with Jesus in your life? Anybody, anybody ever been touched by the power of God and just have a powerful experience with Jesus? Let me tell you. We're, we're Pentecostal belief. We believe in the Holy Spirit and His power in the church today. We don't believe all that passed away. We believe God still wants the power of the New Testament church be in the church today, right? And that's a good thing. Say, say, that's a good thing? Let me tell you, we need doctrine. Because if we're not careful, we'll make a doctrine out of our experience. And you cannot take an experience and make a doctrine out of it you must let solid doctrine guide and govern your experience. Because if your experience doesn't match up with what the doctrine says, what the Bible says, your experience is off. Can I get an amen? I had a guy tell me one time, I've had a vision, and God wants me to marry another lady in the church. Problem was, he was already married to another lady in the church. I've had a vision of this very spiritual lady, and she just loves Jesus so much, God's called me to marry her. Nope. God didn't tell you that. Who are you to say what God can tell me? Well, the apostles' teaching. It's called the Bible. 
You don't get a vision from God to just up and marry somebody else. Can I get an amen? amen. If it's making you mad, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Doctrine matters. What we're trying to understand, though, today is they learned together. Can I ask you a question? Who are you learning with? Now, I'm going to say a couple things that I really believe. When you stop learning, you stop growing. And when you stop growing, you start dying. I went to Bible college. When I went to Bible college, there was a lady studying the same classes I was taking. And she was 85 years old. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be in a class somewhere where I'm, when I'm 80 years old. Because I don't ever want to stop learning. But a, an important question is, are you learning? If not, you need to get and, and begin to study and begin to learn. But who are you doing it with? Because the with is so important. They devoted themselves to the The best way to put that in modern language is they studied the Bible together. Are you studying the Bible with anybody else? Now, maybe the first thing you need to do is develop a consistent habit in your life of reading the Bible. If you're a Christian and you're endeavoring to follow Jesus Christ, there is no substitute for opening your Bible and reading the Word of God on a regular basis. There are apps for that. One of my favorite apps, I just talked about apps, but one of my favorite apps is the YouVersion Bible app. I use it all the time. They have tons of Bible reading plans, and guess what? You can have friends there, and you can read a Bible reading plan together and comment on it. You may decide you want to read the Bible through in a year. I've done that for many, many years. You may feel led by God to just slow down a little bit and not read so fast. But whatever you do, be consistent in your Bible reading but get in a group of people that are studying the Bible together and learn from each other and learn with each other and you will see a depth of human connection in the study of the Word as you learn together. Let me tell you, you need to be in a connect group. We'll say it again. You need to be in a connect group. Because just coming in here and sitting on a Sunday, and I'm glad you're here, it's wonderful, and we're learning some good stuff today, and that's powerful. But if you just sit in here on Sunday, and that's what propels your spiritual growth, you're missing something. You need to be sitting down on a regular basis studying the Bible together with other believers and learning with them. You need to be in a connect group. I may say that a couple times before this message is over. You need to sit down and talk, and you need to say, hey, the Bible says this, and I don't understand it. And somebody said, I've struggled with that too. Here's what I've come to believe. A lot of times, we come to a place, and we come to a church, and we say, I have a hard time plugging in. We have got all kinds of on-ramps for you to connect. But ultimately, you've got to make the decision to connect. Our job is to make it available. It's your job to take the initiative to plug in.
Sometimes we don't want to. Well, I don't want to get to know everybody. You got to have that. Sometimes it's guys. Next week, guys, the message is going to be to you and to me because as guys, we tend to devalue this. Can I just say, we, we tend to think we can make it alone. We tend to think being a man is not needing anybody. Untrue. That's next week. So be sure and come back. But you've got to take the initiative. You need to be learning with somebody. So first question, who are you learning with? Second thing I love, it says they fellowshiped together. They fellowshiped together. The Greek word fellowship comes from a word called, it's koinonia. Koine means common. Fellowshipping together means to hang out with people. Anybody like to just hang out? Four people like to hang out? These lights are in my eyes, but I can see better than that, yeah. Um, how many like to just hang out with people? There you go. Fellowship means hanging out with people you've got something in common with. And that's a good thing. Did I mention that you need to be in a connect group? Have I mentioned that yet? Maybe I forgot, but uh, some of our connect groups are about hanging out, doing things that people like to do. I've got a group that I go hiking with. And we just go walk down the trail and talk. The same trail I saw a bear on. same trail I see snakes on. I need people with me. I make sure in my connect group to have at least one person who can't run as fast as I can. That helps me. (laughs) Take them out in bear country, I'll be okay. I love y'all too. Fellowshipping means having something in common. I'm going to tell you about my son. Somehow, my son became an Auburn football fan. He's an Auburn fan. I know you're shocked. I was too. I'll tell you how it happened. He married an Auburn girl. And that will make you an Auburn fan. And I'm going to tell you something. That Auburn girl is such an incredible, wonderful person. We're so glad to have her as a daughter. And it's worth the trade-off for us to get her for him to be an Auburn fan. But he is a crazy Auburn fan. He wears Auburn stuff. He's got Auburn hats and Auburn shirts and Auburn everything. If I see anything with Auburn on it, I just buy him one. Everywhere we go, in North Carolina, in Texas, in Virginia, everywhere we go, he'll be walking through and I'll hear somebody say, War Eagle! What I didn't understand is Auburn's mascot is actually Tiger. But their battle cry is War Eagle. That's how they do stuff in Alabama, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to tick off the few people that I didn't before. But everywhere we go, it's War Eagle. In a very real sense, that's fellowship. It's you recognize it in the other person. And you share something in common with that other person. Folks, we need to hang around with people that we've got something in common with. That we've got Jesus in common with. You know, I'm I'm reaching a point in my spiritual life where I've walked with Jesus long enough that I tend to recognize people in a crowd that know Him as well. It's not some super spiritual thing, but I just hang out with somebody and I'm like, He knows who I know. 
We need fellowship with people. We just need to hang out. Let me ask you this question. Who are you fellowshipping with? That word's really powerful, fellowship. It's different from ministry. Because in fellowship, you're actually rubbing off on each other. I try to do it this way. If you can see this, fellowship is like this. Ministry is like this. That makes sense. When you're ministering to someone, you're taking what you have and giving it to them and serving them. When you're fellowshipping with someone, you're giving them something, they're giving you something back. And you're, you're becoming like each other. Can I tell you something? You become like the people you hang out with. You do. There's motivational speaker Jim Rohn, and he says this. He says, you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. So if you're trying to become something in life, look at those five people and switch up the roster if necessary. Oh, preacher, that's heartless. Aren't we supposed to love everybody? Yep, and that's ministry. You minister to anybody. You give to anybody. You serve to anybody. You don't fellowship with anybody. Because you'll become like them. There's some people I minister to, and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean, but there's some people I minister to that I don't want anything back from them. Please don't take that wrong, but I don't want what they got. And if I fellowship with them, it's contagious. The Bible speaks so much about the power of fellowship that we're warned in the book of Ephesians. Paul warns us, he said, have no fellowship with the works of darkness. That means don't hang out with people who drag you back into your old life. Preacher, I love them. Minister, but don't fellowship. If you're weak in a certain point, sometimes you don't need to be the one doing the ministry to them. Amen. Well, y'all got quiet. If you've got a problem with addiction and you're young and coming out of that, you need to just break ties with those people and get away from them. Let somebody else minister to them for now because it's not you because you're in the middle of the struggle and you're just coming out of it and you can't afford to let that get back on you. If you hang out with people who are getting drunk, let me tell you what getting drunk is. Getting drunk is just piling stupid on top of stupid. <laughs> Can I get an amen? amen? How many of us in the room, if we could unmake some of the decisions we made when we were drinking, our life would be a whole lot better. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I'm sure there are people saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drinking is a good way to make bad decisions. I don't drink at all. I don't, and you know why? It has nothing to do with religion. Very little to do with Jesus. I don't drink because that guy back there in the corner told me not to. He told me he did enough of it for both of us. <laughs> and that I shouldn't. And I don't. Because my dad said don't. That's a good reason to do something, by the way. But if you're fellowshipping with someone 
whose habits and lifestyle pull you back into an old pattern, don't fellowship with them. But you do need to fellowship with the right people. Some of you are struggling, and you love Jesus. You really do. And you really want to do the right thing. But you keep slipping back into the wrong thing. I've been there. Some of you are just a friend away from victory. Some of you just need to break off a relationship that's holding you back and intentionally build one that can take you in the direction you know your life needs to go. Because fellowship is not a bad word, it's a good word. Did you know the wrong fellowship will take you down, but the right fellowship will pull you up? You know, if you, you want to do better with your finances, anybody in the room like to do better in your financial life? I don't just mean make more money. How many of you think you could probably manage your money better? Can I see your hands? All right. Guess what? When you start hanging out with people that do, you'll get better. That's gone over so well. You're just so excited about that. Thank you. Thank you. I just feel your support. If you want to get in shape, oh boy, I'm talking about my own problem now. Hang out with people who are going that direction. Stay away from me for a while. <laughs> Wherever you want to go, look at the people around you. They're taking you there or not. But the early church made it a consistent habit to fellowship. Who are you fellowshipping with? Got a question for you. I got a statement for you. You may have heard this before. You need to be in a connect group. <laughs> because in connect groups... You learn together. In connect groups, you fellowship together. I got two more points and I got to go quickly. Third one I love, they ate together. Some of you, I finally got to that thing you like. This is the one you've been waiting on. It said they continued in the daily practice of breaking bread together. Now, Bible scholars debate, does that mean the Lord's Supper, the official observance of the Lord's Supper, where they take the bread and the wine and celebrate Jesus' body and his blood? Or does, is this talking about eating together a regular meal? And there's a debate over this. Bible scholars just love to debate the finer points of things. I can answer that for them. I don't have my Ph.D. yet, but uh, I can answer that for them. Both. They sat down and they observed the Lord's Supper together formally from time to time. And that's a powerful thing. And you're going to see more of that at Upward. We want to elevate the communion service to a higher place than it's ever been in our fellowship. We believe God's calling us to do that. So you'll hear some more about that. And that's powerful. But going out to eat together is powerful too. Sitting down at a table with people is powerful. And the early church ate together. I have learned over the past month how powerful that is. We have a family that we grew up in church with. Mom and Dad came to Jesus Christ when I was five or six years old, and we got in a small church. And about the same time, another family joined the church that had children our age, and we grew up with them. Every Tuesday night, we'd go eat seafood together. You ever remember they used to call them fish camps in North Carolina? We'd go out to a fish camp. They had a Tuesday night special. And we'd be eating together with them on Tuesday nights just about every week. 
Then we'd go over to their house or they'd come to our house and we would play. You don't realize until you get a little perspective how precious and how powerful things like that are. We were close. We're, we're almost like one family. And I hadn't seen some of these folks for years. But you know, during the last three weeks, they were at our house the whole time. In fact, the mother of that family was in the room with us when mom received her promotion and went to be with Jesus. And I told her name Sandy. I said, Sandy, I am so glad you were here because you're family to us. Most of the time we were together, we were eating. Fish, pizza, homemade ice cream. Whew, hallelujah. Can I ask you a third question? Who are you eating with? I'm going to make a statement you might have heard before. You. You want to finish it for me? You need to be in a connect group. They, it's no, no accident that we've designed our connect groups based on this verse. We learn together. We fellowship together. We eat together. If you're around Upward very long, let me just tell you, there's food involved. If there's an activity, there's food involved. Any of you notice that sliding door back there in that new room right there? If you haven't walked over this corner, look at that door. There's food involved. <laughs> Who are you eating with? That tells me a lot about your victory about the path you're on last one and I'm going to close they prayed together they observed the apostles teaching the fellowship amen breaking of bread lastly they prayed together who are you praying with there's something so powerful about getting someone else on your team to just pray with you and I mean in person. So many times over the last week, somebody's taken me by the hand, just said, Pastor, can I pray for you? Or friend, can I pray for you? And it has meant so much to me. Who are you praying with? I'm going to make a statement to you that you may have heard before. I sense you're getting sick of this, which makes me want to go on. You need to be in a connect group because they pray together. I want to do something this morning, and I'm closing. I want to do something. I want to try to help us change our language at Upward about something. You know, a change of language is very powerful. I want us to stop saying something that we say all the time, and I say it all the time. You ready? Anybody ready to break a bad habit and start a new one? I say this a lot. I'll be praying for you. You're looking at me like, what? I got to stop saying that? I'm going to replace it with something better. May I pray with you now? I've been asking God in my life to break me of that habit. Because if you're honest, I'm being honest. When I say I'll be praying... I often forget. 
But when I'm right there in the moment and somebody's sharing a need, why can't I, and not just me, you just stop and say, can I pray with you right now? You can do it with a neighbor. You can do it with a friend. I stopped in the street just a few weeks ago with a neighbor of mine, and they were talking about somewhere they were going. And I started to say, I'll be praying. And I stopped. I'm like, can I pray with you right now? Right in the middle of the street with a neighbor I'd met twice. I'm praying. Not because I'm something great, because I'm learning. We need to elevate prayer at Upward like never before. Now, I'm going to say something It's going to sound like I'm slapping you on the wrist, and maybe I am. Maybe you need it. You know when these deacons come up here on Sundays? I hesitate to say this because I don't want you to feel like I'm getting on your case, but I am. You need to get up here and be prayed for. I don't see enough people coming up here. We're not going to do anything weird to you. Have you figured that out by now? We're going to shake you and push you down. We're going to make you say anything. We're not going to mess with you. But I know when I see not enough people up here praying, that some of you are going home not being prayed for. It's not about getting a number up here. It's not about any appearances. It's just when you're here and you need prayer, come on. Because we need to pray together. One of the best things I could see it upward, and I believe God wants to see it, is before and after service, I'd love to see people taking each other by the hand and saying a prayer. Can I do that? You sure can. It's not just for the preachers. Say, I don't know how to pray. Yes, you do. You know how to talk. Well, I may not say the right words. You won't just say, Jesus, help this guy. He's a mess and he needs it. No, don't say that. Yes, Steve, I'm coming for you. I'm praying for you right after this service. (laughs) Jesus, help this guy. That's all you need to say. Amen. That's a prayer. Love to see it. The early church prayed together. Folks, you've got to have those four things. I've got to have those four things. Let's build them into our lives. Amen? Who are you learning with? Who are you fellowshipping with? Who are you eating with? Who are you praying with? Now, you may have heard it said today that you need to be in a connect group. I'm going to tell you how to do it. Easiest way you can do it is go to a website. I know you're let down. You want to come up the altar and boom, that doesn't get you in a connect group. You've got to take a step. You've got to do something. The quickest way to do it is go to the website, ucf.cc forward slash connect. You can find a group. Men, women, interests. Do we have food groups yet, Luke? Do we have that? We need a donut group and a biscuits and gravy. We do have a biscuits and gravy group. It's called Men's Breakfast Once a Month. I'm going to tell you, their biscuits and gravy come down from heaven. But seriously, you need to be in a group. Go to the website. Pastor Luke, wave at us back there. Pastor Luke is ready to talk to every one of you before you leave today. Uh, (laughs) Take a step. Be a part of a group. It'll change your life. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for today. Thank you for being together with family today and friends. Lord, I just pray that today we make that step to connect. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you, you ready to be blessed this morning?
I just want to bless you. Would you lift your hands? And I'm just going to extend my hands. God just led me to just extend your hands out there and let what I'm doing in your life just be on this church this morning. God's spoken over us. We're in a new season upward. We're in a new season of fruitfulness, a new season of harvest, a new season that will be greater than the previous season. We've seen great things happen already, but what God's got in store for us together as a family and for you is going to be greater than what we've seen before in impact, in influence, in power. Lives are going to be transformed. Those words out on the lobby, transforming our community, are going to be brought to pass. But God's going to transform you one life at a time. God's going to begin a work of deep healing and transformation that outweighs where we've been before. And I just speak that in blessing over you right now, a new season of healing, of fruitfulness, and transformation in your life that will extend out into our community in a powerful way. In Jesus' name. Now I commission you in the power of the Holy Spirit. Go out of this place. Make Jesus known. Let your shadow touch somebody this week. Amen. Love y'all. Thank you so much. See you next week. So good. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Upward Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.